the Son therefore shall make you free. Ye shall be free indeed. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for November 27th, 2011. And um, I'm not sure how far I'm going to get today. I've got probably two to three parts here. And uh, the first part is more of a current event update on a lot of the things going on around the world. Uh, Some of the things going on with Iran, Israel, the Middle East, a lot of the things that are going on with our own government regarding an impending police state. And then also taking a look at the uh, alien UFO disclosure deception agenda as well, because that's being updated all the time. There's more information coming out about that. So the first part is just a couple things I wanted to go over. The actual definitions of the word Armageddon and apocalypse. I see these words thrown around so much by secular media and even... Christian media in really an inappropriate usage. Secular, really inappropriate, because they, they don't even have a clue what it really means a lot of times when they're saying these things. And I just thought it would be good for for us to just kind of take a quick look at that and, and see what the actual definitions of the words are. Now, regarding Armageddon, uh, when we look at that word, Actually, what it is actually derived from from the hill or the city of Megiddo, okay? Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. From the Hebrew, it would actually be Har Megiddo, and then Mount Megiddo is a literal translation of it as well. Uh, according to the Bible, the site of the final battle during the end times tribulation period, the term is also, but should not be used in a generic sense to refer to any of the end of the world scenarios. And see, that's what I see a lot. They say Armageddon, or, you know, the apocalypse, and these types of things. Armageddon, in particular, is a very specific event. It's not, it's only mentioned one time in the Bible, it's a very specific event. It's it's mentioned in Revelation 16, 16. And, um, it should not be just used in a generic sense in reference to any end time, uh, end-of-the-world scenario. It's just an improper usage. And I just kind of wanted to clarify that today because, again, the term is thrown out so much, that and apocalypse, and they're just, most of the time, they're not used in the right context. Okay, so if we go just to Revelation 16, and we're looking at the, they're actually called the vile judgments, the, and I don't mean word vile, V-I-L-E, vile, like a vile, V-I-A-L. And they talk about the different vial judgments. And then it gets to the sixth vial of verse 12, Revelation chapter 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. These are the ways of the kings of the east from the river Euphrates that they're coming to the battle of Armageddon. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. I mean, the satanic gang's all here, in other words. Um, For they are the spirits of devils, working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Behold, 
uh, I come as a thief, blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. And then it goes on to say in verse 16, And he gathered them together into the place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon, also meaning Mount of Slaughter. So that's another... So it's a very specific event we're, we're in reference to here, the, the, this event of Armageddon. Um, Armageddon itself, the place, no, not an event, but in a biblical context, in the context that's mentioned in Revelation 16.16, 16, it's an event. And it's a very specific event. At the, at the seven, it's the sixth vile judgment in um, Revelation 16. <clears throat> so, going further, and it's only used in that one time in the Bible, that word. According to most pre, premillennial Christian interpretations, now actually got uh, some of this information I'm going over from Wikipedia, and Wikipedia actually pretty much nailed it uh, in regard to their uh, assessment of things, or at least what they had up there. I don't always agree with everything, obviously, they put up there, but in this particular thing, they got most of it right. According to most premillennial Christian interpretations, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will return to the earth to defeat the Antichrist, the beast, Satan, and the devil in the Battle of Armageddon. Then Satan will be put into the bottomless pit, or the abyss, for a thousand years, known as the Millennial Age. After being released from the abyss, Satan will gather Gog and Magog, peoples of the two specific nations from the four corners of the earth. Now, I did a whole study on Gog and Magog, proving... From a biblical standpoint, without a shadow of a doubt, that it is at near the end of the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ on earth. And so many people today, um, just even up on Tom Horn's site, the first site, uh, he's the first little thing he's got up there, I check different news sources all the time. I'm always, every day, I'm going through diff- do different sites to see what is breaking current event news, different secular sites, different Christian sites, gleaning from where I can glean from. And he's got one up there today that has uh, something about Magog. And I'm thinking, totally wrong time period. It's at least about 1,007 years away from where we're at right now. Okay, and that's if the tribulation started tomorrow, essentially. So, it's not, again, just Kian Gog, Magog, and you can hear that study that I did on that. I, I wasn't too long ago that I did it, but just do that at the keyword uh, search box at contendingfortruth.com, and it'll take you there. So, uh, uh, after being released from the abyss at the near the end of the thousand years, Satan will gather Gog and Magog. From the four corners of the earth, they will encamp surrounding the holy ones, the beloved city, which refers to Jerusalem. Fire will come down from God out of heaven and devour Gog and Magog after the millennium. Uh, the devil, death, hell, and those not found written in the book of life are then thrown into Gehenna or the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Great white throne judgment. Now, again, I'm just skimming over this. This is You could do whole studies on each sentence probably. But um, the word Armageddon appears only once in the Greek New Testament at Revelation 16.16, 16, the word um, they're saying may come from the Hebrew her, Megiddo, meaning mountain of Megiddo. Mount Megiddo is a tell. Now, what a tell is, it's a type of art, archaeological mound created by human occupation and abandonment of a geographical site over many centuries. So they come there, they occupy the site, they have war, the place gets wiped out, the ruins 
and then they build on the ruins. And that, this is what Jerusalem pretty much is as well. A lot of cities in the Middle East, they're, they're actually known as Tells, T-E-L-L. Um, anyway, on and Megiddo is a tell on which ancient forts were built to guard the main highway called the Vera Maris, which connected ancient Egypt with Mesopotamia. Megiddo was the location of various ancient battles, including one of the fifth, one in the 15th century, one in 1609 BC. Modern Megiddo is a town approximately 25 miles or 40 kilometers west southwest of the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee in the Kishon River area. Now, uh, from Strong's, if, if you look up the, the root word for Armageddon in Strong's, uh, outline of biblical usage, again, hill or city of Megiddo, in Revelation 16.16, 16, the scene of a struggle of good and evil, which was famous uh, for two great victories of Barak over the Canaanites and Gideon over the Midianites. So it has a lot of history, in other words. And also for two great disasters, the deaths of both Saul and Josiah. Hence, in Revelation, it's a place of great slaughter and the scene of a terrible retribution upon the wicked. And then if we look at the word apocalypse, from Noah Webster's 1828, which more closely defines the words in the King James Bible, in the context that were written, it says the word apocalypse means basically revelation, discovery, disclosure. The name of the book of the New Testament, more specifically the book of Revelation, containing many discoveries or predictions respecting the future state of Christianity, written by St. John and Patmos near the close of the first century. So, again, apocalypse, meaning revelation, discovery, disclosure. Uh, okay, let's go further here. The first article is, Iran claims secret energy weapon dares Israel to attack them now. I've reported on this in recent weeks regarding this uh, well, impending World War III, which Iran really, really wants because they believe it's the only way that the Imam Mahdi is going to come and ultimately defeat their enemies and assist them. They know that he will only come, according to their uh, false prophecies, is through much bloodshed. Imam Mahdi being their awaited savior, essentially, to a certain sect of is uh, of people in Islam, but I think they would all come on board when this ascended master Imam Mahdi actually ma- uh, makes his appearance. I think all of the Islamic tribes will come on board, even though there's there's certain ones right now that um, don't necessarily align themselves with that belief. Uh, Iran dares Israel to attack because Iran claims the retaliation would send the Jewish state to quote the dustbin of history. A senior Revolutionary Guards commander said this statement, uh, according to Farr's news agency on Monday. He went on to say, Our greatest wish is that they commit such a mistake. Um, He is actually the chief of the Revolutionary Guards Aerospatial Division. And then he goes on to say, For some time there has been a hidden energy we hope to expend to consign the enemies of Islam forever to the dustbin of history. So they've got some supposed secret fancy weapon that they're they're basically just begging Israel to come against them. Then he goes on to say, our ballistic missile capacity never ceases to grow. One the, the one thing that, that is always going to be the downfall of nations like this, I really believe, not only are they totally 
guided and governed by their absolute total allegiance to the moon god, Allah, which is not the god of the Bible, but just some fallen angel that's trying to uh, be some type of cheap knockoff that they worship in Islam. But the pride and the arrogance that so much of the time you see what that wells up in these, these people, uh, not just Islam, but a lot of different things. There's political groups, obviously. There's religious groups, but... Pride goeth before a fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. Uh, he goes on to say, The comets were one of the most belligerent reactions yet by an Iranian official to speculation that Israel was considering launching airstrikes on Iranian nuclear facilities. So, they're, to me, after everything I've read, they're wanting this. They're, they're, they're daring Israel to do this. They're... To me, I would think that because they do want this so bad, they're going to probably try to do everything they can to make sure Israel does make the first move. That way, when they react, they can say they started it. But at the same time, this is something they want. They want it from a prophetic Islamic standpoint. The whole Imam Mahdi or 12th imam that they're waiting for, believing that he's going to come back and assist them. And maybe they do have some type of secret energy weapon or something. You you never know. So, along those lines, the next article is, um, in regard to, to an energy weapon, Pentagon estimates show that Iran could have missiles capable of reaching the east coast of the United States in the months ahead. Personally, I think they've already got them, but there's a lot of speculation on does, Ob- uh, does Iran have nuclear weapons or they don't. I mean, the, the media, the secular media is telling us, oh no, they don't have that capability. Well, that just makes me think the exact opposite. Uh, I, I think they've had them for a long time. I mean, they're, they're in close alliance with a lot of these other countries that have them. I mean, if they're working with China or with Russia and they've got nuclear weapons, why would it be such a stretch for us to think that Iran's got them? As long as they got enough money, and they've got tons of money with the, with the oil industry and, and those types of things. So, anyway, if Iran, if the Iranians acquire a nuclear bomb, they might be able to cripple the, quote, Great Satan, who they refer to as the United States, even sooner through an electromagnetic pulse, or an EMP. And I've talked a lot about this in the past year, EMP attacks. Um, even if that attack takes place off the American coastline. Within a year of an EMP attack, at least two-thirds of the American population would die from starvation, disease, and societal collapse. It's a high-tech means of killing people in an old-fashioned way. See, if they did that, well, let's say 100 years ago, around there, for arguments, or 150, it really wouldn't have any impact on America at all. Because people weren't reliant on the electrical grid. They weren't reliant on on electronics. This is what EMP attacks fry. But today, we're totally, I mean, the vast majority, are totally dependent upon those technologies in order to live on a day-to-day means. We don't know how to live the way that they used to live here in America. And for the most part, most people don't know. And as a, re, as a result of that, they're saying at least two-thirds of the American population would perish from starvation, disease, and societal collapse. Well, they're probably right. 
Dr. Peter Vincent Pry, president of EMP Impact America, it's evidently an organization regarding that, um, he made that statement that I just said, a nuclear weapon detonated above the U.S. would emit powerful elect- electromagnetic pulses, frying America's electrical grid and shutting down necessities from cars to computers to airplanes to refrigerators. Iranian military handbooks point out the benefits of such an attack. You can track nuclear weapons, though, from the ground. I mean, through satellites, and they give off a signature. And there's a very good likelihood there's dirty bombs already here. There's already potential nuclear devices, suitcase nukes, things of that nature, already here on American soil that our government knows full well about. And when things start to go bad, as I said before, when World War III breaks out, I think one of the first things we're going to see is multiple terrorist strikes on our soil that the government knows everything about, just like 9-11 and these types of things. I've done many teachings on that. If you think 9-11 was done by terrorists with box cutters, just key in, loose change, final cut, 9-11 on YouTube and watch that and you'll... And that's just one of the many, many videos. It's just one of the better the better ones explaining the whole situation. Uh, so, if they're here, which they probably are, in some way, shape, or form, dirty, dirty nukes, suitcase nukes, whatever, our government's aware of them. Remember, it's order out of chaos. That's the, 30, the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. Order out of chaos. They're going to bring their new world order out of the ashes of the old world order, like the phoenix rising from its own ashes. That's another symbolic thing. Very occultic. They're going to usher in the age of Aquarius from the age of Pisces. We're in the age of Pisces right now, according to them, from an astrological standpoint. And we're going to usher into the age of Aquarius. It's the the new world order. But in order for that to happen, and for for that transition to take place, from a cultic standpoint, as smoothly as possible, there needs to be maximum chaos, death, you name it, in order to bring their order out of chaos. So, this is something that we should be expecting. It literally could happen any day, because I think when, if, let's say, for instance, if this is the World War III scenario, and I think there's a very good likelihood it is, Israel attacking Iran. Okay. When that happens, Iran, as I've went over in previous teachings very recently, Iran's already said, listen, we've already got people pre-positioned in America. We've got people pre-positioned in Europe. We're going to create as much havoc, uh, maximum chaos as we possibly can. They have ways of making biological weapons, uh, anthrax and things of this nature, getting those out. They have um, possibly... Uh, dirty, like I said, nuclear devices. They've got other ways of making bombs. They've got other things that they've been doing to size up a, a ways to take out the actual, um, you know, grid systems in America, electrical grid systems, possibly taint the water supplies, all kind of stuff. And they've had a lot of years to pra- to plan this, decades and decades and decades, these terrorist cell groups, which I've seen, and again, I've played many news clips of, reports of these things being here on American soil and our government does nothing about them. They just let them go. You know, they'll... You know, you, you try to go through TSA, though, uh, in, in, in America, 
through an airport and essentially you're considered a terrorist until proven innocent. Um, they let the illegal aliens come over the borders. They let a lot of these terrorists actually come up from the borders. And that's okay. I mean, there's no problem with that. But the ones that are actually being considered terrorists now are the middle class of America, the Christians, those that believe in the Constitution, those that believe in Second Amendment rights, or really any of the of the rights of the Bill of Rights of the Constitution, any anyone like that, they're actually being the ones that are demonized now and considered terrorists. So it's really all set in place for maximum disaster value to take place. And uh, like I said, watch the Middle East very closely because when that starts to go down, you're going to see things start to go down here probably the same day. These guys have been waiting, these Islamic jihadists, which means holy war, they've been waiting a long time for this. Our government's made sure that they've been able to get in here, get prepositioned. They've been pretty much left alone for the most part. And they're just waiting for the green light. So, there's not going to be, I really don't believe that once that starts to go down, if you have some type of bug out location that you're thinking about going to, there's not going to be very much time for you to get your affairs in order to get there. I don't know if it will be days or, I don't know, it's it's hard to say. Anyway, um, this ends by saying Russia, China, and North Korea, Korea also possess EMP technology. So there, those are three other of our enemies that also possess that technology. And we're going to talk more about Russia in the article after the next one. Next article. Globalist Newt Gingrich warns of an EMP attack. In the Republican presidential debate Tuesday on CNN... Presidential candidate and former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, announced a threat to the U.S. national security that no other candidate has discussed and that commentators described as, quote, out of the box until they researched it for themselves. The potential threat Gingrich referred to was an electromagnetic pulse or EMP attack that would literally destroy the country's capability to function. Now, it's kind of, when you start to see globalist elitists at the top of the food chain, like New Gingrich, start to come out and have these types of warnings, this is when I start thinking the Illuminati is really starting to telegraph their punches regarding that, because I'm surprised he would go there, because this would be considered maybe almost a conspiracy theory to some, you know, but he's actually coming out and, and, and bringing this up, uh, Gingrich pointed out that no one was talking about the potential for such an attack to cripple America's critical infrastructures. Uh, this guy, I tell you, if, if he does get in office, I mean, from the little amount I saw him debating, uh, I just so happened to turn it on just at the same time they had Ron Paul on and Newt Gingrich. And Newt Gingrich was saying how, you know, the Patriot Act powers need to be essentially kept in place and even expanded. And, you know, this is what has helped thwart and prevent all these terrorist attacks that supposedly it has prevented while simultaneously uh, gelding our free rights and our, our, our right to move about and basically all of our rights are being taken away systematically and um, you know they supposedly always have a good 
a good excuse for it. But again, they create the chaos and then they give us their order out of it. The Hegelian dialectic too, that whole process. And they just keep creating more of these crises so that they have the excuse to implement more and more draconian legislation to keep us enslaved or to further enslave us. The business insider said that, quote, at first we thought Gingrich had been playing too many video games, but after looking into it, it turns out EMP attacks are actually real and pretty scary. That's what the business insider said. So that was, I was pretty surprised to see that he actually came out with that. Now, Regarding EMP attacks, uh, one of the easiest ways to protect electronic equipment is to just basically go buy uh, these steel cans. I guess you could probably even use a trash can, as long as it was uh, you could get the lid on tight. Uh, they've got them at like Tractor Supply in these types of places, and you can actually put your electronics in there, and if you have the lid on tight, it, sh- it should absolutely protect your electronics in the event of an EMP attack. Uh, from the videos I've seen online, you actually don't have to have the actual container grounded, as was once thought. So you can go up, if you want to know more about that, just key in EMP protection in Google, uh, or in YouTube, I mean, uh, on the... Uh, and just see, there's a whole bunch of videos up there about this. Obviously, little different varying opinions. There's even people that have EMP-proof cars, uh, that type of thing. I, I think it's all good. I mean, if, if you have the um, the ability to do it, and again, but with an EMP-proof car, you're going to have to have a much earlier model in order to pull that off. So that's something you're going to have to research. And as the Lord leads, you know, you might want to think about it. Uh, going further, Russia, this is the next article, Russia retaliates against U.S., and I'm just going to get into this article. Earlier today, we presented the latest developments in the escalating possibility of an imminent air and potentially land campaign targeting Syria by the Western world, a move that would infuriate not only Iran, but also Russia and China, both of which have made it clear they would not sit idly by and let such an aggression stand. It's really like... America, in particular, really is going out of their way to just stir up hornet's nests over there. I mean, they're going over there, they're toppling all these governments, they're putting in their own puppet puppet dictators, and like I said, that was all by design, too. They wanted to get a more radical Muslim faction in all of these respective governments that, over there in the Middle East, that were Islamic, yes, but not totally wanting to just nuke Israel at the drop of a hat, or go against Israel, because I think they understood the kind of firepower they'd be up against to a certain extent. Well, now, America being at the spear tip, we've went over there and installed a whole bunch of these puppet dictators over there. Without exception, they're all more of a radical element. They're all more of an element that is beholden and most likely willing to take orders from the United States and or their handlers, And this has all been done by design. They've just been dropping one by one like dominoes. Now, you know, then this thing happened uh, yesterday in uh, Pakistan with the killing of all those people. Now this impending uh, imminent air and potential land campaign against Syria. And again, what is that going to do? It's going to not only infuriate Iran, but also Russia and China. Again, we see this Iran, Russia, China, these are allies 
And if they have allies in that area, they're not going to want countries coming over there and messing with them. Uh, and they've said these Iran, Russia, and China, both of which have made it clear they would not sit idly by and let such an aggression stand. So, from that standpoint, things are very much escalating as well. Now it is Russia's turn to retaliate, cutting straight to the chase in a nationally televised appearance by Russian President Dmitry Medvedev in response to what the Russian believes is an active incursion and potential act of eventual aggression on behalf of NATO countries in Eastern Europe, and hence the U.S., he said the following, quote, now this is their president, the Russian president, he said, quote, First, I am instructing the defense ministry to immediately put the missile attack early warning radar station in Kaliningrad on combat alert. Now, again, you're probably not going to, you probably haven't heard this on mainstream news, so... Uh, but this is exactly what's going on here. i give you a link to verify this as well. Second, he says, protective cover of Russia's strategic nuclear weapons will be enforced as a priority measure under the program to develop out-of-air and space defenses. Third, the new strategic ballistic missiles commissioned by the Strategic Missiles Forces and the Navy will be equipped with advanced missile defense penetration systems and a new highly effective warheads. So in other words, what they're doing is they're going to be equipping their nuclear weapons with advanced defense penetration, meaning that if we have a missile defense system, they may have already developed some type of workaround to get through this barrier, this missile defense barrier, is what they're threatening here, it sounds like. Fourth, he says, I have instructed the armed forces to drop measures for disabling missile defense system data and guidance systems if need be. So, in other words, they've got ways to actually dis- disable missile defense systems as well. Fifth, if the above measures prove insufficient, the Russian Federation will deploy modern offensive weapon systems in the west and the south of the country, ensuring our ability to take out any part of the U.S. missile defense system in Europe. So they're specifically talking about Europe, but they're specifically getting trying to get this message to the U.S. And again, it just seems like we're doing all these things right now to provoke stuff in the Middle East. I mean, just going out of our way to provoke things. Uh, that said, he concludes, Russia is still open to dialogue. However, if Obama merely intends to bomb any nation at will, we are very much concerned that everything Medvedev has just threatened will be enacted. Now, this is back to the article and exponentially more so when Putin comes back in charge. One thing is certain, Russia is not North Korea, and taking the speech for more empty jawboning is probably not the wisest option. So, from a World War III scenario, from that standpoint, you know, it's not just going to be Iran and some of the Middle East countries against Israel. It's most likely going to be a scenario where, where you could possibly have China, Russia... North Korea, most of the Middle East countries against Israel, the NATO countries, and America. I don't exactly know how it's going to play out, but that would be more of a World War III type scenario if you think about it. I mean, it's you got pretty much the whole world involved there if that happens. So some things; these are things to pray about. Um, you know, take it to the Lord. Pray about it. I'm not here to, to, to invoke 
or to try to instill the fear of man in you, but I am here as a watchman uh, to warn, and um, we're trying to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and make them manifest with the light. Um, and we just want to we just want to make sure that um, regarding these scenarios, we're 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 informed at least a certain point so that we can actually. Uh, have an idea of what's actually going on. The Bible says, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their, heal their land. I think that that can happen on an individual level at this point, particularly in some some place like America. I don't think it's going to happen on a corporate level. The corporate church is way too diluted and dumbed down and you know lukewarm for that to happen. But on an individual level. We can still go to the Lord Jesus Christ through um, the Father and, um, you know, pray. And, and I'm, I'm praying that God will use the body of Christ mightily in the days and times to come to actually be a beacon of hope for those around them that are going to be totally clueless as to what's going on. And a lot of them are going to be people that might have called themselves Christians and and they're going to be totally clueless when a lot of this stuff starts going down because they haven't been warned at all. So let's go further here. I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. Congress to vote next week on explicitly creating a police state. It's getting so bad with this legislation now. It's just, it's mind-boggling what they're trying to implement. Uh, this is from Washington's blog. This is just from today, November 27th. I just got this information today. It starts out by saying, if you thought the uh, police brutality was bad, wait until you see what Congress wants to do next week, as Congress will vote on explicitly creating a police state. The ACLU's Washington legislation, Legislative Office explains, quote, The Senate is gearing up for a vote on Monday or Tuesday that's literally tomorrow or the next day, that goes to the very heart of who we are as Americans. The Senate will be voting on a bill that will direct American military resources, not at an enemy shooting at our military in a war zone, but at American citizens and other civilians far from any battlefield, even people in the United States itself. The Senate is going to vote on whether Congress will give this president, Obama, and every future president, the power to order the military to pick up and imprison without charge or a trial civilians anywhere on earth. Sounds fair. I mean, I don't know what, why we would think that is a bad thing. I mean, I trust Obama. I don't, I mean, I'm sure all my listeners do. He wouldn't do anything mean to us, would he? No. I mean, come on. The guy's got a heart of gold. I mean, you can't argue with that. You have to admit that he's he's a fun guy, and he likes to go to play a lot of golf. And I, I just saw these stories about him. Uh, what's that, like 86 times he's went out and played golf since he's been president? And he was just, they just have these photos of him at some college uh, basketball game. He's eating a hot dog there, you know. Enjoying himself. He takes more vacations than any president ever. Him and his wife, they spend more money. I mean, the man has implemented more draconian legislation since he's been in office, him and his uh, followers, and through his, through his handlers, I understand that, that but, than any other president ever. And 
Um, it's just it just keeps coming. And again, a lot of this is designed to wear us down. A lot of this information, I think we should be informed about it, but just remember, Satan wants to use it to just flat wear us out. That's the um, one of the main goals of all of this information. So again, you need to you need to make sure you're in the Bible, in prayer, you know, every day, seeking the Lord, and um, essentially, we don't want to expose ourselves or be too immersed in this kind of information because after a while, it just gets totally overwhelming. And then you can start to become negative or downtrodden in these types of things. And you want to always make sure you're going back to the Word of God. Um, and Psalms is a, is a very good place, too, to kind of um, refresh yourself from, from, a, from a biblical standpoint. Um, and um, dwell on the Word of God. Dwell on the Word of God. That's the main thing you really want to dwell on. The King James Bible and the English-speaking language. That's where you want to be. The washing of the water of the word, as the Bible talks about. And memorize it, read it, meditate upon it, these types of things. And I don't mean meditate like in a Hindu mantra, in a lotus position. Meditating just meaning ponder and think, that type of thing. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, So, the power of this legislation is so broad that even U.S. citizens could be swept up by the military, and the military could be used far and wide, used... you could be used far from any battlefield, even the United States itself. So, militarizing the police, militarizing the police structure in America, which again is one of the prerequisites to having any dictatorship. Uh, the worldwide indefinite detention without charge or trial provision. Now, this is actually the name of of one of the provisions in this Senate Bill 1867. It's called the Worldwide Indefinite Detention Without Charge or Trial Provision. You would think they would have tried to, like, maybe sugarcoat it a little bit. No, it basically says exactly what it means. It's a worldwide indefinite detention without charge or trial. I mean, that sounds fair. You know, sounds fair to me. Uh, the national this, the national defense authorization bill uh, will be on the on the Senate floor on Monday. In support of this harmful bill, Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina, explained that the bill will basically say in law for the first time that the homeland is part of the battlefield, and people can be imprisoned without charge or trial, American citizen or not. Another supporter, Senator Kelly Oyati. Republican of New Hampshire also declared that the bill is needed because America is part of the battlefield. Well, again, if something were to go down in the Middle East or even wherever, Syria, Pakistan, wherever, and we're, we're in the middle of World War III and stuff starts to go down on our soil because of all the terrorist cells that have been prepositioned here all by design, well, then this truly will be a battlefield. And then they really won't need hardly any excuse. I mean, it, it'll be already, all of this legislation will be set in place and they'll say, hey, listen, li- this literally is a battlefield, so we can do whatever we want. Uh, the senators pushing the indefinite detention proposal have made their goals very clear that they want an okay for a worldwide military battlefield that even extends to your hometown. 
While this is shocking, it's not occurring in a vacuum. Indeed, it is part of a 30-year-long process of militarization. I think that's conservative, 30 years. I think it's way longer than that. But anyway, this 30-year-long process of militarization inside our borders and the destruction of American concepts of concepts of limited government and separation of powers. So, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. It's what it's really going to boil down to. Because the things that they're doing right now, the only way that I really believe it's going to get so bad, the only way that you could possibly get deliverance from the Lord, is, is it's probably going to get to the point where it's only going to be via supernatural means. I'm not saying God can't work other ways, but I'm saying it's going to get so draconian that, you know, you really do just need to, and, and you need to be doing this anyway, but trusting in the Lord with all your heart, leaning not under your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So you need to be acknowledging the Lord all the time. Don't, I mean, in other words, don't be taking credit, you know, for things that he's doing in your life, because that will cut off that, um, that flow there. So let's go further here. Next article, Fatal Betrayal of America, H.R. 1505. I mean, just more legislation. I just, I can't even hardly believe what I'm reading half the time. Now we will discuss the latest amended version of H.R. 1505. The version of H.R. 1505 replaces Homeland Security uh, with the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. However, it is difficult to accept uh, and that's the abbreviation for U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, is CRB. It's difficult to accept CRB as divorced from its master. Right now, the Department of Homeland Security is a beast with seven heads. It has it are seven agencies wrapped in one. Now, I wasn't fully aware of this, but this is what is under Department of Homeland Security. First, our beloved TSA, the ones that have given us the um, DNA ripping apart, pornographic body scans, the ones that, well, or you can opt for the um, sexual molestation pat-down through airports. Now in America, that's the first organization that's under Department of Homeland Security. Second one is CBP, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, and they've done a wonderful job. Um, and, and again, I understand that they're understaffed and their hands are tied a lot of the times, but, okay, fact remains is that our borders are just basically, and have been for a long time wide open, which has allowed the illegal aliens and the um, a lot of these terrorists now that are already set up in these terrorist cells in America already being pre-positioned. Uh, next one is U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. Next one is U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Then U.S. Secret Service. And then FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency, and the U.S. Coast Guard. All of these are under Department of Homeland Security. So it goes on to say, neat. FEMA is the one is the one with the small cages to put you in if you do not behave. TSA is the one that gives you cancer-causing, sterilizing, pornographic, the pornographic body scans, or they sexually molest you before you get on an airplane. Department of Homeland Security is the one adding its sensors to the streetlights around America and a promoter of E-Verify and Real ID as a cradle-to-grave biometric tracking system for every American. Here are some facts. Department of Homeland Security is forming an international surveillance network and is implementing the Real ID network. Now, the Real ID is kind of like the, and I've done two different teachings on Real ID, the precursor to the Mark of the Beast, essentially. It's not the Mark of the Beast. 
but it is is a it is a definite step in that direction. And then also, Real ID originated in the United Nations International Civil Aviation Organization and is a United Nations plan to control Americans and to rule the world, the Real ID. Uh, Department of Homeland Security has also taken its marching orders from the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a very liberal uh, organization, to say the least. The DHS big plan is to expand E-Verify into a global system. New technology is powerful and will become more powerful. Unless Unless DHS is stopped, it will control your life. DHS will put your data in the worldwide DHS data banks assisted by DHS Partners, American Association of Motor Vehicles Administrators, and the International Civil Aviation Organization. So again, DHS is going to put your data into these worldwide data banks, uh, which are going to be assisted by the American Association... Association of Motor Vehicles Association, so again, whatever you have on your driver's license, that type of information. And then also, if you're a pilot, international civil aviation. Because most people have, you know, or or have one of those two. Obviously, a lot more have the driver's licenses. Uh, The DHS... His goal is a one-size-fits-all international identification system using massive data banks that contain individual biometric information on nearly everyone in the world. The DHS ordered specific changes to E-Verify to include biometric information and the use of enhanced photographs that measure and analyze the unique identifiable characteristics of a person's face into a numeric code usable and in compliance with these international databases. So they, they literally scan your face, facial recognition software, and they can actually, by scanning your face on your photo, if you're seen out in public and their cameras pick you up, they can tell exactly where you are. Now, I don't know about any of you, but I've noticed a lot, and I've reported on this, where these cops now, which it seems like where I'm at, they're just all over the place anymore. I mean, they're just everywhere. And they're just sitting there on the road and on the on the side of the road. And, and sometimes, yeah, I think that they're scanning people for um, if they're speeding. But sometimes, and more so now, I don't think they're doing that at all anymore. Because you know how some places are obviously places that are more conducive for a cop to pull you over if he's trying to catch you speeding. Okay, And then there's other places where it wouldn't make sense for them to sit if they were trying to catch you speeding, because you'd see them way far ahead of time, you'd slow down if you were speeding. No, what they're doing, and again, I've reported on this a lot in previous weeks, is they've got these scanners now in their cars, they're scanning your license plates, they can do up to like 10,000 license plates per hour, and they're compiling these massive databases of exactly where you are in, at different days, different times of the week, your location, and that way they can plot where you're going to be, you know, with, with some type of, of, of accuracy. They put all this stuff into computers, and it's just stored in a database. And they're doing that right now. And uh, that is going on more and more and more from what I'm seeing. So let's go further here. In addition, DHS has expanded the number of databases used by E-Verify to check on employees. E-Verify is a central tool to implement an international ID system. 
with with it, the government will watch your every move and your freedom will be gone with the wind. DHS representatives have openly stated they wish to create a national ID card that tells everything about its owner. DHS would like to implement an e-verify and real ID using an RFID microchip placed somewhere in your body where it would be impossible to extract. Now, when it gets to that point, that's the mark of the beast. And I believe we'll be into the tribulation, obviously, at that point, according to the Bible, before that's going to happen, on a mass scale. I'm not saying it couldn't happen on a... Some people just line up to get them right now. (laughs) I've heard of... There's some of the stories out there where, I mean, people that literally wanted to get into certain nightclubs. They were actually getting implanted so they could actually just be scammed when they're walking in the door. I'm not saying that's the mark of the beast, though, but it's sure not something I would ever advise anyone doing. But ultimately, their goal, because what they're going to say is, yeah, but you can lose the card. You can lose your your real ID card or your E-Verify, but see, if we implant it in, in your right hand or in your forehead, you'll never lose it. Well, that's what the Bible says is going to happen. And at that point, it's not just going to be about identification. It's going to be, everything's going to be in one spot. It's going to essentially encompass all your credit cards, debit, you name it. Every card that you would probably have, your bank account, all of that is going to be linked to that microchip. And again, you know, you take the chip, it's it's a, it's a, uh, uh, a certain trip to hell in the lake of fire for eternity. According to the Bible, you, it, there's no there's no way uh, out as far as I can see in the Bible. It's not something you would ever even want to consider ever taking. So uh, I've done two or three studies on that. Just key in Mark or um, Real ID or Mark of the Beast in ContendingForTruth.com in the search column there, and you can see the teachings I've done on those subjects. Next article. Uh, this year, the federal government has sent out more federal disaster alerts than in history. New World Order planners can simply, quote, dial up natural disasters whenever they desire since they control the weather of the world through scalier electromagnetic waves. Remember what uh, Defense Secretary William Cohen warned. And this is a quote, and again, I get into this quote in the uh, avion flu presentation that I've done. And I've actually got a link here to my video presentation uh, that you can go, you can click on. It's about a, I don't know, nine-plus-minute link where I get into this quote and many, many others where they've admitted to this. And um, the links, uh, it'll be on about page five or six of the uh, PDF for this teaching for 11.27.11. The New World Orders, uh, okay, so... This is a quote from Defense Secretary William Cohen. This happened a long time ago. Others, meaning enemy scientists, are engaging even in an echotype of terrorism whereby they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, volcanoes, and remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. End of quote. And it was well known. It's been known since the early 70s. They've admitted to these things. In fact, they even said we need treaties. Um, the world governments to bind other countries to say that they won't use this type of technology to create these things. So if they're if they have this type of technology at their exposure, knowing how loving and wonderful the world government and the the, the government as a whole has become, I mean, we would never think they would implement any of this stuff ever. You know, I mean, we we can trust them, but. Uh, 
I'm not saying all natural disasters are caused from this, obviously. I think that would be wrong, too. I think that partly it's God's judgment, and partly it's things that they are doing. And again, this is one of the more the other ways that they create their order out of chaos they create. So, going further, this is from Insurance Journal. 2011 sets new record for federal disaster declarations. The year 2011 will go down as a record-setting year when it comes to federal disaster declarations, industry analysts say. With another three months left in 2011, the hurricane... Now, there's only... I mean, there's about only one now, but this was at the start of October. We're near the end of November. But uh, with another three months left in 2011, the hurricane season continues until November 30th. The number of federal disaster declarations already exceeds the 2010's record. So see, 2010 was a record. Now 2011's far exceeded that already. Uh, This is according to Insurance Information Institute. The federal government issued 86 disaster declarations as of September 30th of this year, 2011, breaking the previous annual U.S. record total of 81, which was set just last year. Remember Jesus in Matthew 24? where he says there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. and Well, see, that's what we should be expecting. This is actually confirming the word of God. Uh, but here we had a record-setting year last year, 81, uh, disaster declarations. This year, as of September 30th, we had 86 now, I don't know where what number this is up to now. I don't know. It could be into the 90s by now. I don't, I don't know. But it's going to far outdo last year's. And last year was a record-setting uh, number. This was said by Dobber, Robert Hartwig, an economist and president of the Insurance Information Institute. The number of U.S. disaster declarations has been trending sharply upward, particularly over the last 15 years, he said. And again, I think, it's a, I think it's a combo deal. I think it's God's judgment coming. I also think it's a lot of what they're implementing with all the ways they have, draconian ways they have to actually create disasters. The average number of disaster declarations between 1953 um, and 2010, if you average them all out, okay, listen to this. The average number of Disaster declarations between 1953 and 2010 was 34 per year. We were at 86 this year, just on September 30th. So we were on, we, I would say, on track to at least triple the average number of disaster declarations. I mean, that's pretty heavy duty right there alone. We're likely to see nearly three times that many by the end of 2011. And again, I'm not sure where we're at on that chart, but it's it's pretty bad. We've already exceeded last year's, which was a record. So, going back to the article, this is from Cutting Edge. Do not be deceived. The Illuminati plan calls for natural disasters, as these Illuminati card game cards prove. Now, Stephen Dollins did a whole study on this in the Prophecy Club on these Illuminati, the Illuminati card game, which came out it was like 1993, 1992. 
And they had one in there, the attacks of 9-11, the World Trade Centers, and there's all these cards, and systematically, all of these things on these cards are coming to pass. If they haven't already come to pass, or they're not ongoing. And again, I'm looking at some of these cards now. you got tornado, tidal waves, hurricanes, volcanoes, combined disasters, weather satellites, and these types of things. And then... But essentially, these are things the Illuminati, this is, these aren't natural hurricanes, or natural volcanoes, or natural tidal waves. These are the things the Illuminati actually has the capability to create. And again, watch that little clip, the, um, the video of myself, and I don't mean to watch it for me, but I mean, I have a PowerPoint presentation on the video. And watch it, and just, I'll show you a whole bunch of the things they've admitted to. So anyway, let's go further here. Why are the New World Order planners so intent upon increasing the number of natural disasters in the United States? Oh, and again, that video clip is is at the start of this article here, um, on the PDF. Um... The New World Order, they're wreaking natural disasters havoc for two different reasons. Number one, as the Illuminati card game states, each card represents an action the Illuminati is planning to undertake that will weaken and destroy the Old World Order. Again, this confirms what I've been talking about here. Number two, the Illuminati is following the United Nations map, which we call the Rewilding map, forcing humans off certain huge tracts of land so the area can go back to wild a wild natural condition before humans built on the land. That way they can herd us into these little controlled cities and they can control us and they can say, well, this land is, you can't live on it anymore because you're, you're grieving Mother Gaia type of thing. And therefore, the reason all these natural disasters are occurring is because Mother Gaia is grieved and she's creating all of these cataclysms to get these terrible humans off her. That's, this is the garbage they're trying to sell with this whole green religion. And, and a lot of the people, in fact, probably the vast majority of the Illuminati and these multi-billionaires are all adherents to this religion. And it is a religion. These natural disasters over the past decade have occurred on areas of the United States which the UN biodiversity map indicated as being land where humans will not be allowed to live, Period. So, that's, you know, that's pretty heavy duty there. Humans will not be allowed to live there, period? Nope. When the Antichrist arrives, and again, there's a little link here you can click on to see what does this UN biodiversity map look like. I mean, there's these little corridors you have to travel in. I mean, it's pretty chilling to look at the thing, because, I mean... I don't know how much of the of America is going to be off limits, but it's probably way over 90% if they were able to pull this off. When the Antichrist arises, he will deceive the people into believing that his brand of New Age witchcraft is the true religion. Remember what I've said. The essence of the coming one world religion will be witchcraft. The Bible says the Antichrist will cause craft to prosper in his hand. It, he's going to be an adept practitioner, him and the false prophet, of the highest level witchcraft this world has ever seen. I mean, the Bible even says that they're going to deceive everyone through lines, signs, and wonders, and miracles. Well, how are they going to pull that off? Through high-level witchcraft. So, going further, he will then issue a 
proclamation declaring that Mother Gaia is sending these disasters as a way of trying to convince humans to lessen the pressure which this current civilization is placing on her. The Antichrist will then issue the order to comply with the UN biodiversity map. In the meantime, disasters and threats of disasters are continually being reported designed to discourage us and to suck us dry. Now, before I go any further, if you think that's not already happening, it is. I've reported on this many, many times in previous teachings. All of the land that the government has just went in and claimed, particularly in the West, huge, gigantic swaths of land. I mean, in some states, it's like 60-70% of the state. More than that, Idaho's like off the scale. So it's happening. It's it's already happening. They're pre-positioning themselves to already implement all of this. Uh, it's just not front page anywhere. So out of sight, out of mind. People don't even think about it because they're not educated about these types of issues. Most people aren't. So in the meantime, disasters and threats of disasters are continually being reported, designed to discourage us and to, quote, suck us dry. Just as the Illuminati card game pictured to the left describes. There's a card in the Illuminati card game that shows this guy laying on the street, and he's like, he's flat. (laughs) And it's called, suck dry and cast aside. This is what they're trying to do. With all of this horrific news, with all of these horrific legislations, with all of these... A lot of what I report on, although it may be fact, what we're reporting on, they're trying to do this to just wear us down. And then all the stuff they're doing to the environment. And then all of the things they're doing to the food supply and the water supply to destroy our health. Electromagnetic things that they're doing with the cell phones and the, uh, you know, so many of the different electronic devices, the Wi-Fi's and and the um, harp, and scalier weapons, and oh my word, you could go on and on and on. All these things that are designed to just beat us down, body, soul, and spirit, essentially. So remember, that's part of their, their plan as well. Um, but in, And then it goes on to say, in what ways are American people being sucked dry, thoroughly and thoroughly discouraged? Well, number one, continual, and na- continual natural disasters which wreak death and havoc in local communities. Number two, Wildfires which rage out of control, destroying homes and towns. Uh, I think you could also add flooding in there, because there's been a lot of that. Uh, Number three, hurricanes and tornadoes. Number four, tidal waves, tsunamis. Number five, continual false declarations of imminent economic collapse. Those are just some, though. That's just, you could, that list could be a thousand long if you listed all the ways they're trying to suck us dry and discourage us. That could be a thousand, a thousand. They only list five. So, there's just no way to list them all. Uh, So, then it goes on to say, read the newest article that they've just posted. Compilation of false but scary economic collapse headlines beginning in 2001, continuing through 2005. That was just in that time period, four years. The Illuminati plans to simply wear the people out by their plan. Once people across America and across the world are thoroughly discouraged... Our old civilization can be dismantled without too many people objecting. I mean, they'll be, they'll be of the mindset, man, anything could be, has to be better than this. Uh, and then it goes on to say, after all, they will say things can't get much worse. 
So, okay, I'm going to go ahead and stop there for part one, and we're going to get into part two next. God bless you. Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.